wide receivers for week 16, the semifinals of your fantasy football league. We kick things off with a questionable but likely to play Tyreek Hill against the Dallas Cowboys, AJ Brown against the New York Giants, CeeDee Lamb, the only guy that got home on the Cowboys last week at the Miami Dolphins, Amon Ross St. Brown at the Minnesota Vikings, and Hayden, just as it should be, Cooper Cup versus the Saints. Why don't you tackle right into the top two and then we'll go from there. Tyreek Hill is projected for 105 receiving yards in the pick'em lobby. Nobody else is even in the 90s. He's clearly the number one. I am expecting him to be fully ready. I'm guessing that they just thought they were going to beat the shit out of the Jets, which they did, and that's why he sat last week. Uh, should be a close game down in Miami. Uh, point spreads, I got one. Obviously, these two teams, as always, are projected for a ton of points in the Cowboys and the Dolphins, so it's just a great game environment. The Cowboys are playing man coverage over 37% of the time, second most in the league. Mm-hmm. Guess who does pretty well versus mm-hmm. coverage? <laughs> Tyreek Hill. And as for A.J. Brown, um, the Giants defense also feeds into situations that he does extremely well. We know that they blitz at the second highest rate in the league. And then also, because of that, play man coverage at the fourth highest rate in the league. And no player has more receiving yards against the blitz this season than A.J. Brown at 449. Against the blitz and against man coverage, he's averaging a cool 4.7 yards per route run, according to Sports Info Solutions. That is second best behind Tyree Kill. Yeah, and on top of that, against man coverage, uh, we know that he is his team's man beater. I mean, he has a league high 49% of the team's targets and 53% of the Eagles' air yards. Okay, let's spin things forward. We talked about Tyree Kill. Now on the opposite end, we get another great game that the Cowboys are involved in. Hopefully a great game, at least on paper. This is against the Miami Dolphins. Since that week seven bye, Hayden, CeeDee Lamb leads the league in targets, receptions, and only Tyreek Hill, his opposition here, is averaging more yards per game. I'm watching the matchup closely and the injury report on top of that. Last week, Jalen Ramsey shadowed Garrett Wilson because Xavier Howard was not practicing. He's still not practicing. I think Howard said he is going to play, though, but that is just one dude saying that. Okay, that would be helpful because if Xavier Howard is out there, I don't think that we're going to get Ramsey shadowed on CeeDee Lamb. Even if Ramsey is on CeeDee Lamb, which he will be for certain parts of this game, he's the number one wide receiver in fantasy usage this month. The Cowboys, top five in neutral pass rate. They're going to have to be pedal to the floor here just because the Dolphins own offense. So uh, this is not the cleanest matchup for CeeDee Lamb, but it's really impossible to ignore the usage that he's been getting. There it is. Okay. I have a note that comes directly from Rich Rebar's worksheet. Um, You talked about Jalen Ramsey. I still think he's only played five snaps in the slot all season. And obviously, CeeDee Lamb has been crushing defenses Mm -hmm. in the slot this season. It's because they really haven't needed him to. Um, Miami is allowing a league-low 6.3 yards per target to slot wide receivers, again, without even having to use their alpha corner, who has previously been an alpha in the slot, a la for the Los Angeles Rams. So it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, it definitely will be. Uh, they are The Dolphins at least have a linebacker on injured reserve. Uh, their safety is questionable to play as well. So uh, the Dolphins just have been really good against bad offenses i think dak will probably bounce back here and he just missed simply dak vertical shots this past week chunk gains and that's where they've been living all season long okay he's the cover man for this amon ross st brown at the minnesota vikings um per reeves he is what 2.74 yards per route run with a target on 27 percent of his routes against cover three 
And uh, obviously, the Vikings play cover three 40% of the time, which is the seventh most in the league. I think they're just going to have to pass the ball a ton uh, just because that's what most offenses do against Minnesota. The Vikings are 18th against fantasy wide receivers. Team totals up at 25 points despite being on the road. Uh, indoor game for tiny hands, Jared Goff. So I think this is a great spot for a Monroe St. Brown. It hasn't been hitting quite as hard um, the last like month or so because they're getting the running backs more involved. Obviously, Sam Laporte is stealing a bunch of the touchdowns, but when you're just looking at receptions and yards, he is everything about a tight end or a wide receiver one. Yeah. We'll talk about Jared Goff and his in dome splits versus outdoors uh, on the quarterback's show, which will be out on Friday. He doesn't have to play outside of a dome for the rest of the season in the regular season, which is uh, very helpful for him. And it would have been easier if I just put it this way for Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, he has the most yards against cover three in the NFL. He also has the six most yards against the blitz. And those are like the two things that obviously this Vikings defense does a lot. Okay. Let's close things out with Cooper cup, right? It's against the saints. 48.6% of the wide receiver receptions against the saints this season have come through the slot. That is the third highest rate in the league. Wow. Guess who occupies the slot. And he's been healthy the last couple of weeks, couple of downfield targets, more yards after the catch ability for him. Uh, I think that the Rams are a legit borderline top five offense in the NFL right now. Now that they have their healthy skill players back, I, the saints just have not been able to rush the passer as well as they have in, in previous seasons. They're 24th in sack rate. The Rams, they're third best in preventing sacks on offense. So Matthew Stafford's had time to dice up defenses. And Sean McVay's in his bag. Cooper Cup's in his bag. Matthew Stafford is certainly in his bag. So everything to like with Cooper Cup. This could have been a, such a monster season for Cooper yeah. Cup if we just got better injury luck early on. Okay. There's the first five names. That means we have 38 more-ish to go. As always, you need to subscribe to this channel if you're watching this video. Hit the thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. And we'll continue on right now with uh, really a man, Hayden, who hasn't been running pure. No. But now he gets a loss into this Chargers with a fired head coach, last defensive coordinator, Stefan Diggs versus L.A. Um, obviously, they've faced a really difficult stretch of teams that in terms of shutting down number one wide receivers – but now he gets, you know, I think one of the softest matchups out there for a Charger defense. I think that is giving around 19 points per game to top wide receiver one targets out there. That was my note. Tyree Kill, 39 points. Justin Jefferson, 24. Devontae yeah. Adams, 20. CeeDee Lamb, 15. Amon Ross St. Brown, 26 and a half PPR points. I mean, it's an ultimate get right spot for Steph Diggs. The offense has certainly changed for Buffalo. That yeah. said, they still have the highest team total on the slate. Like we said, the Chargers are a fantastic matchup individually. Uh, even guys that people haven't even heard of on the Raiders were scoring touchdowns last week. And Joe Brady did say that the game plan wasn't supposed to be that run heavy last week against uh, the Cowboys. They just were totally in flow. So I think they're probably not going to run as much as they have recently. And I think you can only go so long before Steph Diggs is ready to, to throw hands. So a uh, perfect matchup to get back as a uh, wide receiver one. DJ Moore as your wide receiver seven versus the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, smash or pass? This will be a total smash for me. If you have not heard, the Bears projected for 24 points. 
you and I have never done a podcast together <laughs> where the Bears have been projected for 24 points. Probably. It's time to adjust the ranks. The Cardinals are obviously whack against the pass. The 31st in passing EPA. Justin Field is my quarterback three. I think he's a, a truly elite fantasy quarterback. I've been battling him in Battle Royale, trying to get him as much as I can there. And it's just a great spot for DJ Moore to take advantage of a really weak secondary. Yeah, totally agree with you on all of that. Next, Justin Jefferson against the Detroit Lions in a dome. Uh, the last eight games, Detroit has allowed 160 yards per game to wide receivers to go along with 10 touchdowns. I hope that Justin Jefferson is fully healthy. When I watched the tape last week, he did seem like that was the case. The fluky touchdowns went to Jordan Addison instead. The pick and lobby loves Justin Jefferson up at 80 receiving yards. It's just kind of hard for me to like wrap my head around what the actual on-off splits are going to be without Kirk Cousins, just because I think Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback in the league. And Nick Mullins, I do think, can turn the ball over at times like we said this entire season the Lions pass defense is not very good so right. uh, this is probably a good spot to go back to the well with Justin Jefferson I do think multiple touchdown games are within his range of outcomes um, especially in matchups like this one Michael Pittman does not have a red jersey on at practice he has been cleared for contact which is just fantastic news um, the extra days as you put it since you know last Saturday is when that concussion happened certainly is probably factoring in here for him to play this week. Um, we know that Michael Pittman has just been incredible this year, the volume, the opportunity. Uh, and that's despite, you know, no real downfield targets as often as we would have hoped for. Um, but I will add only Cleveland has allowed wide receiver one targets to get fewer passes per game than Atlanta this season, which is at 3.9. So under four, under four, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's certainly scary. That's AJ Terrell as a cornerback one. Jesse Bates has had a great season at safety for the Falcons. The team totals are very high for this is one of the highest projected games of the week. Both teams projected for about 22 points in this one. So Michael Pittman just going to go back to the usage. Well, this is the number one uh, team in neutral pass rate this month. And if you removed last week's concussion game, Michael Pittman's the wide receiver five on wide receiver two overall usage this month. He's just been so dominant out there. And I just tr- trust Shane Steichen to like really be aggressive as he's been the entire year. I'm with you. I'm playing Michael Pittman everywhere. I have him. And the same goes for Mike Evans, which I didn't draft enough of this year. As I say on every single show, when his mm-hmm. face pops in there as a top 12 wide receiver this week, he gets the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. This is at home for the Bucks. Um, just a few notes here. Mike Evans is second in the NFL with 20, 20 end zone targets. And uh, Jacksonville is allowing 120 yards per game to receivers lined up on the outside. We know that's where the vast majority of Mike Evans snaps are. That is 29th worst. And what's interesting about those end zone targets, some of Mike Evans end zone targets are from like 40, 50 yards out too, because he's <laughs> he's still got the, the juice on the outside. I'm paying attention. Andre Cisco as a safety and Tyson Campbell are both limited oh, in practice. That's a corner. We'll see if they practice or and actually suit up for this game. I don't really think that's going to matter that much because Jacksonville is literally coming out and saying we are a pass funnel. I dare you to pass the ball against us. Well, guess what? Baker Mayfield loves you daring him to do something. And Mike Evans is the guy making it pay off. Yep. Okay. Your wide receiver 11 in tier two. Look how far this man has come. Rasheed Rice. I remember early shows this season 
stats versus film when you know they were trotting out Justin Watson and Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony and like MVS and Rasheed Rice was like a 38% snap player. Mm-hmm. We said keep your eye on him, pick him up in your league, so on and so forth, because they'll get to a point where they have to utilize his skills and where he is at his best. And that continues to be the case, and they understand it. Um, I mean, I think Hayden only about 200 of his yards are before the catch this year and like 540 are after the catch. That makes sense. Um, And it does. It fits exactly what he's going to do. And the last time he faced the Las Vegas Raiders, he only ran 26 pass routes and still caught eight of 10 targets for 107 yards and a touchdown. He is not leaving the field. They have Sky Moore now on injured reserve, and he was already basically a full-time player the last couple weeks here. He has jumped, I mean, all the way up uh, to wide receiver six on wide receiver eight usage this month. So it's a completely transformed uh, role for Rashi Rice. Not a perfect player yet, but when Patrick Mahomes is projected for 26 points against a team that he notoriously absolutely torches in a kind of a weird season for the Chiefs, I do think that this could be like one of the rare Mahomes explosion games. And right now, I think Rice and Travis Kelsey are basically neck and neck when it comes to uh, yeah. project projected uh just numbers in the box score yeah i'm with you next a little shocked to see him this low okay maybe it's just massive respect to mike mcdonald but debo samuel in the rankings is your wide receiver 12 he has scored in each of the past four games has scored multiple touchdown passes in each of the past three weeks typically and look, Debo can win a whole bunch of ways because he can be a manufactured touch player. He can win his routes. But typically when we face like zone teams, we really go all in on Debo Samuel. Man teams, we go all in on Brandon Ayuk despite the lack of volume. The Baltimore Ravens change things up so frequently that mm-hmm. they aren't either in one of those buckets. They do a little bit of everything. I thought about spending 30 minutes and trying to figure out what I think the Ravens are going to do defensively. And then I said, there's better uses of my time because who knows what the hell they're going to throw at them. All I know is the Ravens defense is very good. And on top of that, they're also very physical, especially over the middle. If you've seen their safety play and their linebacker play. So obviously love Debo Samuel. I've been ranking him super aggressively for the last couple of weeks and actually inside my top five for a couple of weeks now. I just think that the Ravens defense is just so much more physical than the units they played against more recently. And then the 49ers team total is at 26 points, which is still extremely good, but there's been weeks where they've been at like 30 points. So I just think a little bit of just tightening up Brandon Ayuk and Debo kind of makes more sense just because uh, the physicality of the Ravens defense in general. Next is Puka Nakua as your wide receiver 13. We talked about how where the Saints are giving up Targets and opportunities as to the slot, mm-hmm. they're pretty damn good at outside wide receiver spots. In fact, the Saints are third in the NFL in yards allowed per target. That's under seven yards. At least no Marshawn Lattimore for the Saints. He's been out for, for a little bit, so that makes his individual matchup a little bit cleaner here. I just think this is just McVay, Stafford, the offensive line in such a groove here. Playoff uh, that, on the line, those yeah. types of things. This is this is basically a playoff game yep. uh, for both of these teams. So, yeah, Puka's been awesome. And I've actually mixed in a little three and a half first downs in the Pick'em mm. Lobby uh, promo code. The show will match your deposit up to $100. So go onto the app. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's one of my things. Also, Cooper Cup, four first downs. I just think the Rams, I have full trust in what they got going right now. 
And I think there's a 0.5 points LeBron James for everyone awaiting for the pick a mobby. Every single one of you. Uh, and that doesn't go off till Monday, I believe. Do you like the higher or lower on that one? I don't watch basketball. I don't know. DK Metcalf at the Tennessee Titans is up next. Um, we saw, let's say, a rocky performance from Drew Locke this past week. Obviously, he had the previous week where he had one great drive. Then this last week, pretty much one great drive. Um, in that final drive, until the touchdown, DK Metcalf was owning the opposition. The Tennessee Titans secondary, we have seen be owned by lesser talents out there than DK Metcalf. And Hayden, he is actually averaging a career high 17 yards per catch this season, which is pretty nuts. But he's only seeing about 4.3 receptions per game, which is his lowest uh, in a season since his rookie year. You, when you watch him like absolutely cook for some of these drives, you just question why doesn't DK Metcalf get get himself twelve targets a game? I mean, when they need him, they throw him the ball, and he can win on the slant routes, which he made a couple of incredible catches. Obviously, the sideline stuff, the yards after the catch ability. I'm with you. I think that there's just a good spot. This is an everything funnel defense for Tennessee at this point. No Kevin Byard, Christian Fulton, the corners on injured reserve. Jeffrey Simmons is still not practicing. That's a defensive tackle. Another defense tackle, Kyle Pecco. He's on injured reserve. They just released another starter on the defensive line as well. So they don't have anybody worth even mentioning on the Titans defense. So I do think with Geno Smith fully practicing, was basically able to play last week if they wanted to. Uh, I think it's a good spot to get DK Metcalf. How about a couple more targets? We can't have four receptions this game enough already. Yeah. The Titans secondary is allowing nearly 10 receptions per game to outside wide receivers. And that's where DK is going to live. Garrett Wilson is up next. I mean, Hayden, this is pretty bold. I got to tell you, you, you have some level of expectations for Trevor Simeon here. Well, as always, I don't have any expectations with Trevor Simeon. I have expectations that the betting markets have this thing figured out. And even with Zach Wilson not practicing, the betting markets still have the Jets projected for 20 points. You and I have done this show plenty of times this year when I said, man, I love Garrett Wilson, but they're projected for 14. Now they're projected for 20. So that's a good spot for Garrett Wilson to get this thing going. If you haven't heard, the commanders on defense are pretty, pretty bad. Booty. Their booty. Uh, they're allowing a league high 15.3 yards per catch. They're tanking. Are they? <laughs> I don't know if they are. I just think they, they, I they think traded, they're this bad. They traded their two best defensive players. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, tanking means they're trying to lose. I don't think that they are tr actively trying to lose. The front office is trying to lose, I think, at this point. Ownership. Sure. Brent Ayuk. We talked about Debo Samuel. Brent Ayuk is up next for you. Um I mean, again, the Ravens run a ton of different coverages. Uh, Brian Ayuk doesn't see enough volume. Let's put it that way. He yeah. is the most efficient, let's say, wide receiver in the league on his volume. Um, so even if he only sees six targets, there is a chance for him to come good on that this year. Yeah, this month, for example, wide receiver 41 in usage. So it's just it's just been a usage problem. George Kittle's down the usage because Debo and CMC have been the ones completely eating. But – We've seen that completely flip at times as well. So tough matchup. I just like, I also like that this game's supposed to be relatively close. You know, yeah, so maybe I, they just have to pass the ball more in general. I'm, I'm going to repeat this on the quarterbacks ranking show, but the 49ers kind of have changed how they approach the red zone. Um, 
they have a 52% drop back rate in the red zone since their week nine bye. That is 15th in the league. It was just at 38% in the red zone before the bye. That's 30th. So we do, we are more likely to get passing touchdowns in the second half of the season than we were in receiving touchdowns than we were in the first half of the season, which can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're ninth in neutral pass rate as a whole this year. So that's just a new development for Kyle Shanahan trying to get his boy Brock Purdy MVP. Because Brock Purdy is good at football. Okay. Chris Olave at the Rams. It sounds like he is going to play this week. Yep. He is off the injury report and expected and to play. They certainly need him. Uh, I do think this is a good matchup because we have confidence in the Rams. Uh, Derek Carr's had some pretty big games randomly at times. He had a big one uh, this last week as well. So Chris Olave is uh, somebody that I've kind of gone back and forth with throughout the season. I do think this is a Chris Olave week. Devontae Adams as the wide receiver 18 for you. Yeah, Uh, this is pretty aggressive. I think Um, he is the wide receiver 16 in consensus rankings. It could be high in regards to, yes, he is getting double digit targets in four of the past five games. So the volume is there, but man, Kansas City Chiefs are one of these teams that shut down opposing lead wide receivers, 46 yards on average this season. Uh, That is a league low, a league low. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is on the road in Kansas City. I think you are just hoping for a ton of a no kind of volume in the second half of this game. It's a bad matchup, certainly. Uh, He's just also the wide receiver 12 in usage this month. So negative game script. You would think that Devontae Adams doesn't leave this game without 10 to 12 targets. And at that point, he's hard to bust as a wide receiver, too. But yeah, they're projected for 16 points. Like, I don't have a whole lot of expectations here. Um, In a better matchup, I would rank Devontae Adams as a top 10 guy. So this is like a 10-spot difference because... um, I have a lot of respect for what Kansas City does defensively. You are four spots ahead of consensus rankings on DeAndre Hopkins as your wide receiver 19. He's the wide receiver 23 in consensus rankings. Hayden, this is against the Seattle Seahawks. We know he's the primary target. Does that mean he's enough? Like That's enough to play him here uh, against a Seattle secondary that has some players. Obviously, Devin Witherspoon missed last week. And they are going back to Ryan Tannehill this week. So that was the thing. This is a quarterback upgrade for um, DeAndre Hopkins. Spicy words. I don't think it's that spicy. I think it's a rookie versus a very established veteran quarterback. Um, Seattle right now, they are going through a lot of changes in their secondary because the results have not been there. They were benching corners. Jamal Adams, kind of like a soft benching, also inactive, kind of hiding behind injuries there. It hasn't been good is what I'm saying for for Seattle uh, and DeAndre Hopkins right now is the wide receiver six in usage this month. So if we get better quarterback play, this is a decent matchup for DeAndre Hopkins individually. Uh, Titans projected for 20 points. It was like just enough to keep him in this wide receiver two mix. Amari Cooper closes out your top 20 wide receivers here. We love Amari Cooper on the show. This is mm-hmm. at the Houston Texans. Uh, the past two weeks with Joe Flacco, seven for 77, four for 108 and one. Um, and the Texans are allowing around 10 targets to outside wide receivers right now. Right now, Will Anderson, Jimmy Ward, a linebacker, Blake Cashman, they're not practicing. They just placed a starting corner on injured reserve, so the Texans' defense is just not the same players right now as when they were kind of frisky. 
uh, a couple weeks ago. That said, Joe Flacco still without three offensive tackles. Joel Petonio was not practicing as well. So I'm just kind of curious if we think that the you know the Texans offense without C.J. Stroud is going to be able to put any points up on Cleveland. And like some of these Flacco games have been really weird ones where they're kind of chasing, throwing the ball downfield. Do you expect the same volume in this one? I just don't see this being like a shootout like it was previously. That said, Amari Cooper is just, he's a stud. He's a wide receiver 21 and usage still a really good player. So I think it's like on a per play basis, this is a good matchup for him. I'm just not sure if we're going to get the 40 Flacco pass attempts just because the Texans are not going to be able to score points on this defense. 40 is underselling Joe Flacco at the moment. I know. We live in a world <laughs> where he gets 44 and 45 every single week. Okay, next. Wide receiver 21. That is Drake London. Um, I know everyone is probably like extremely upset of what we saw from Drake London last week. Uh, that was in the rain. That was at the elements. That was with obviously Desmond Ritter throwing the football. I will add the week before, the week before, Drake London had one of his best games of his career. Mm-hmm. Saw a ton of volume. Now he's facing the Indianapolis secondary. And the Colts run the highest rate of cover three in the league at 57%. So some single high looks out there. I think once again, this team has been at their best with downfield passing. Drake London might have some areas to occupy downfield too. I think that's a good matchup for him. Like you said, and I think just, I kept going back to who's scoring the touchdowns. Cause right now the Atlanta Falcons are projected for the 10th most points on the week. We don't say that very often. So who's one of the guys that can score some touchdowns. Drake London uh, starting a rookie on the outside as well. I think that Drake London is just such a stud here. They're projected for more points and they're in a dome in this one. So I think it's just a good spot to kind of trust his, you know, just overall skill set. Yeah. Uh, we, we already off. said, though, that Taylor Heineke is going to run in for three touchdowns. So you said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, go and check out the running back rankings video or podcast, whatever you consume however you consume this this show uh because we set we definitely still have Bijan robinson ranked quite high quite mm-hmm. high okay t higgins is up next in a way hayden this is a bit of an audition for t higgins to be the quote-unquote wide receiver one for a team uh mm-hmm. because he contract wise will probably have to be that next year for whatever team he lands on uh jamar chase is going to miss this game this is at the pittsburgh steelers um what do you think is going to happen here? Because T has definitely been hot and cold this season. Very hot and cold. Made one of the best touchdown uh, of the of the year last week. Still can't believe how that one happened. Worried about play volume in this one a little bit. Bengals have just not been as speedy on offense. The Steelers are legitimately trying to run out the clock as soon as they can. I think it's a little bit of an up and down matchup. The Steelers corners have not been very good this year. They obviously don't have Minka Fitzpatrick. They just had a uh, free safety get suspended for that hit on Michael Pittman. So things individually look decent for T Higgins. The team total at 19 and a half is a signal though, that the betting markets don't think that this like Jake Browning stuff is necessarily going to hold. And I mean, just backup quarterbacks on both sides, Individual, uh, these teams obviously know each other very well. I think it's going to kind of just be a little bit of a sloppy game, but I might consider moving Higgins up a couple spots. Yeah. Um, he's not all that different to me than like DeAndre Hopkins, though. His his last two touchdowns were his first since week two yeah. of this season. And to be honest, I know that we can remember the hole shots and then the acrobatics from T. Higgins last week. So much of this offense now is low A dot run after the catch. 
that is more of a Jamar Chase style of game than it is a T. Higgins. Definitely. Okay. Wide receiver 23, Devontae Smith. This is against the New York Giants. Uh, we really like, obviously, A.J. Brown's matchup. So we really like Devontae Smith, too. It's just with lesser volume. I do think that in these like really man heavy single high scripts, though, a lot of the targets end up do kind of going to AJ Brown. So there's a little bit of a separation between these two. Uh, Devontae Smith is just kind of where he settles when AJ Brown is like really going, especially with Dallas Goddard fully available too. he's been more of like a upside wide receiver three with Goddard rather than like a locked in wide receiver two. Uh, I love uh, Jalen Hurts this week, though, just in general. This team's projected for 28 and a quarter points. So there's certainly plenty of upside for Devontae Adams. I'm just like kind of putting myself out there. I'm calling a humongous AJ Brown game uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, I have some interesting Jalen Hurts nuggets, just a hint at uh, the quarterback ranking show, which will come out on Friday for you too. And one last thing, Devontae Smith also in the injury report. He's going to play most likely, but he's dealing with something. I saw him grimacing uh, early in the week um, on Monday Night Football. Cortland Sutton is up next for you. This is against the New England Patriots. Um, question. Okay. What percentage do you think, since you're a math guy, okay, of Cortland Sutton's fantasy points this season have come solely from touchdowns? Oh, if I'm even close on this one, this will be shout out to me. Uh, this will be 39%. 31.8%. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, he rarely gets over 70 yards, so it's either it, – I mean, it's a joke, and we repeat it every single week. But it's 60 yards and then a score. Uh, he scores more often in games than he doesn't, but last week he did not have a touchdown. He did not. He's still a wide receiver three when even – 60 yards is wide receiver three level stuff even without the touchdown. Dare I say the Patriots are now a pass funnel because their run defense is beyond elite. They cannot rush the passer – right now due to their injuries. So I do think this might be a little spot where we can get some individual matchups for Corlin Sutton on the perimeter. I'm not sure if Belichick like thinks that Corlin Sutton is that dude where they're going to double team him like they have done historically. So I just think that's going to be tough for the Broncos to run the ball. This is kind of a disgusting game to me because I am worried that with Russell Wilson, they'll try to run the ball and they won't be able to do that very effectively. There could be a couple punts to start off this game. So I, I have Cortland Sutton down well, like six or seven spots versus where I've kind of had him for like the last month. So yeah. Okay. We are doing this wide receiver tiers and ranking show live because we wanted people to get it as early as possible ahead of their matchups. I don't know if you're checking out the chat right now, Hayden, but okay. every single person thinks you just left out Jalen Waddle's name. He has not. In oh. fact, Jalen Waddle is Hayden Winks's wide receiver 25. Every week when we do this, I say that there are tons of people out there that believe that believe that you rank Jalen Waddle too low. Now you are live to defend yourself, and I actually have some stats to back you up to. It was very different when Tyreek Hill was not out there. We moved him back up into the wide receiver one discussion after he was ruled out last week, and now Tyreek Hill is back. He's the wide receiver 27 in usage this month, including last week where he got a couple screens and obviously had that one-on-one -on -one route uh, win down the sideline. So always capable of a huge game. I just think that the fantasy community is kind of overrated what uh, Jalen Waddle does on a week-to-week -week basis. Um, and they project for like 26 points rather than like the 30 or 31 points that the Dolphins have been at times. Okay. So over the past five games, Jalen Waddle has at least eight targets in all of them. What he's done with those targets is a bit different. Obviously last week without Tyreek Hill, 
It was 142 yards and a touchdown. Then the other games with Tyreek Hill, he goes four catches, 55 yards, eight for 114 against the Jets secondary, which is, oh, baby. Um, then it's Washington, five for 52, and Tennessee, six for 79. So the volume is quite consistent there, but the execution, the efficiency of it just isn't as good when Tyreek Hill is off the field. And there are some numbers, and Rich Rebar has some great stuff on this. Jalen Waddle has now run 97 routes with Tyreek Hill off the field this season. He's been targeted on 37% of them for 3.84 yards per route run. With Tyreek Hill on the field, Jalen Waddle has been targeted 23.6% of his routes with a 2.18 yards per route run. So the ceiling is just much lower. Definitely. I think the floor is lower. I also wouldn't be surprised if over a bigger sample, we learned that Jalen Waddle's not as involved when Devon Achan is also out there as well. They just have a lot of dudes right now to, to get the ball to. And this is one of those teams that does run a lot in the red area as well. So Jalen Waddle is like very long touchdown dependent. Obviously, he's like the best well, at those. And we, we think Jalen Waddle is like a good player, oh, yeah. like a, a, yeah. a very good player. You just have the best wide receiver in the league out there and a running back who is scoring 20 touchdowns this season mm-hmm. and one of the fastest other running backs in the league in Devon Achan against a defense that last week got torched on the ground and the quarterback only needed to throw the football and complete seven passes. Yeah, I agree. These, so, this is all these guys that like Drake London's popped off, Devontae Smith's popped off, Amari Cooper's popped off. This is the boom bust wide receiver two three discussion, this whole kind of range. Okay. There we go. Just want to get that on record. That mm-hmm. was a good discussion for the people. Next, Chris Godwin. Talk about popping off. Yeah. <laughs> these last two weeks since his wife took to social media, calling out the coaches and my guy Dave Canales. Chris Godwin has double-digit targets in each of the past two games. He has. He's now up to the wide receiver 24 in usage. This is a good matchup for him individually as well. Uh, I know this isn't our quarterback rankings show, but I do have Baker Mayfield as a fringe quarterback one in fantasy just because Jacksonville injured in the secondary, also just daring you to pass on them. Chris Godwin looks healthy. He's he's had like nagging injuries for most of the season. Um, he looks healthier right now. And obviously when your wife is mad at the coach, that certainly helps as well. Oops. Sorry. I was typing for the chat out there. Okay. Next up, Jaden Reed, the rookie up in green Bay. This is obviously against the Panthers. The Panthers are actually third in the league in just allowing 10.2 receptions per game to wide receivers. A lot of that is because teams don't have to throw in the third and fourth quarters. Um, I think Jaden Reed is a fantastic player. He's also dealing with an injury heading into this game, Hayden. It's just too early in the week to know. Uh, Christian Watson, I don't think is going to play. He's didn't practice. Jaden Reed hasn't practiced yet either. And he didn't return after kind of having that injury uh, in the middle of last week as well. So I think it's just kind of too early to tell. Um, And then Dontavian Wicks would be the guy I would be ranking as like a flex play, if not a little bit higher than that ahead of Romeo Dobbs, just because, Wix is just a little bit more Better. fluid. We had it here. Well, I'm, I had it here. You had it here. Next, Tyler Lockett. I was actually surprised by this. I will say, is the cutoff Jalen Waddle, and then it gets dicey here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. You know, because like I really like Tyler Lockett, but 
it's like been his worst season that we have seen. And we get really nervous when this happens, Hayden, because mm-hmm. we talk about the cliffs and it starts to creep and then boom, it hits. And some of it's not him, you know, it's been the quarterback play that's been worse this year. He's now reached 60 yards in just four of 14 games this season. His 52.3 yards per game are as fewest since 2017. His 10.8 yards per catch is the second lowest of his career. Uh, but maybe the deodorant is a Tennessee Titans secondary. That's it. The Titans are just really bad on defense right now. So here you with all this stuff. He's not the same player, but he's still capable of some big games. Those four games where he was over 50 yards or whatever the number was, I also think he had like touchdowns and like 100 yards. He's he's had like four really big games. There's a, there's a, there's a, at least a chance that he can do that here. Okay. Next, Calvin Ridley. And it doesn't seem like this is going to be Trevor Lawrence playing no. football. Um, he missed practice again today. Hey, this would be the first game he's ever missed, despite like all the hits and stuff. This is at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, another deodorant defense for us that usually get things right. Um, and you know, Calvin really has had 13 and 12 targets over the last two weeks. Um, I just have no faith in CJ Beathard helping him no. get there. No, I think Beathard on like the backup quarterback list is very, very much at the bottom of it. It's no good. Yeah, it turns out even though there was uh, media coverage thought that Trevor Lawrence is going to like heal his brain, the brain has other plans with that. So no, no practice for Trevor Lawrence. He will miss. Hope he gets back. Zay Jones will be will also be out here. I'm just with you. CJ Beathard, it's it's a problem. Carlton Davis back for the Buccaneers. Vita Vea back as well. So some of the key players. Uh, and this is also CJ Beathard behind a really bad offensive line. Uh, overemphasis on the screen game. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is bailing out Jacksonville, putting him in some really bad spots. I really don't think C.J. Beathard is going to be able to handle that. Nico Collins closes out your top 30 wide receivers. He is back in our lives. He's been questionable all week, but it sounds like he's going to play. It sounds like Dalton Schultz is probably going to play here too. Yeah. It is against the Cleveland Browns. It is with Case Keenum at quarterback. And we know um, – Nico Collins can beat man coverage. No one runs more man coverage than the Cleveland Browns, but the Cleveland Browns are just better at it than they're good at it, though. (laughs) The difference is Denzel Ward and then also Miles Garrett with some uh, backup offensive linemen against Case Keenum. Case Keenum, I thought, did not play very well last week, even though they got a win at the last second there. So hopefully, Nico Collins gets in a full practice. That would give me a little bit more confidence. It's kind of a placeholder for him, but I don't have a lot of faith in the Houston Texans against Cleveland. Okay. Zay flowers up next. Um, Zay flowers is a really fun football player that I think can take a step in year two. We just did not see him take, I think a leap in year one and sustain it to be like the guy in the passing game. If that makes sense, he is more of right now. And this might come across as harsh a guy that is part of a passing attack versus being the guy, which is fine. Completely. Agree. Um, I mean, he's yet to reach 80 yards receiving in a game this season. Now there've also been games where he gets rushing touchdowns and can make you miss and all that stuff. But we need touchdowns for him, especially in this matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. And I don't think the scheme stuff, the like little end arounds and motion plays that Zay gets is going to hit as hard against, you know, the freaking 49ers, you know? So it's just kind of a tough matchup for him individually. I'm with you. I think he's kind of destined to be a number two receiver in the league. That was kind of my worry with him as like a first round type of prospect. He is young. He still will develop, obviously, but 
I've seen the same things with you where he kind of struggles at some of the like number one alpha type of stuff. And that's why they put him in motion a ton and try to get him schemed up as well. Um, yeah, the, the Ravens are projected for only like 21 points this week. They've We've seen them much higher than that. I just think Lamar Jackson is going to have to scramble around like he was buying time last week. It's just going to be harder to kind of execute on those type of plays when it's Bosa and Chase Young chasing you down now. Theory, no Keaton Mitchell. Could we get Zay Jones a little bit more involved in the rushing game? And part of this is my brain always goes back to that one Chiefs game when Miko Hardman had three rushing scores or push pass <laughs> scores against the San Francisco 49ers right. because they like flew up the field so much. Yeah. Um, that's obviously not going to happen here. But I do wonder because no one is as explosive now with the ball in their hands on this team as Zay Flowers. Just how much of that stuff can you do? Like, is there room for Zay to get three more of those type of looks? Like, I feel like we're almost maxed out on – and I'm not saying running back touches, you know. Yeah, just like Mitchell was getting screen. legit running back touches for sure. Okay, I mean it gets brutal. Deontay yeah. Johnson with freaking Mason Rudolph throwing passes. What is 2023? Um, he has found the end zone in three straight games, the longest streak of his career. It is the Bengals defense, <laughs> a defense that has been quite bad for long portions of this year. But once again, it's Rudolph, the red nose, throwing him those balls. It's not pretty right now. I will say the Bengals just lost DJ Reader, maybe their best defensive player um, to injured reserve this week as well. So I think the Bengals are one of the worst defenses in the entire league. That helps Deontay. He's been the wide receiver 29 in usage. That said, I think the Steelers are going to try to run the ball as much as they can, which they've basically been doing this entire month. I think they're actually going to have some success doing that. So I'm not sure if we're going to get the same amount of targets and stuff for Deontay. Question to you, though, who's a better teammate? George Pickens or Deontay Johnson, both of them have had their moments. Um, I don't know if Mike Tomlin has ever gone on a press conference and called out Deontay Johnson. Yeah, it's probably like, had some George Pickens this though. week. Yeah, I I thought about this. Um, Mike Tomlin, how about just like let's move on? This feels like a good point to move on. Why don't Mike Tomlin and like for the Chargers or something like that? What just at the time? Why, the time why are you trying to get rid of Mike Tomlin? I, no, I'm saying if I'm Mike Tomlin, you're you're basically choosing George Pickens over Mike Tomlin right now. No, no, no. On, if I'm Mike, not the Steelers. If I'm Mike Tomlin, I've been here since 2007. Right. Let's. That's, that's what the Steelers do. They only have like five coaches in their entire existence. Sure, but if you're Mike Tomlin, why don't you move to LA, get a little change of scenery, and break off from? The I mean, purgatory that the Steelers are kind of in. If Mike Tomlin is available, he's going to get so much money because culture setter, yeah. oh, team yeah. leader, all that stuff. He is at the top of the list. And the Steelers did not extend Mike Tomlin this last offseason, and they he had a couple of quotes about that just going into this this year. So Interesting. I mean, he'll shoot at the top of the list. Okay. Uh, okay, here's a question. Let's Tom get the, spicy with it. Call to the Panthers. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's get spicy with it. Okay. If you were a team owner and money was not an issue and you didn't have to trade draft picks, any of this stuff, would you rather have Mike Tomlin or Bill Belichick as your coach for 2024? And um, If I had Belichick for four years, I would take Belichick. If not, I'll take Tomlin. I think, I'd, would you rather have Tomlin or Ben Johnson though as head coach? Yeah. I mean, Ben Johnson's offense just travels, dude. I know it does. It really does travel, but Mike Tomlin, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, but Mike Tomlin also, uh, let's say his offensive coordinator choices are 
pretty rough. Yeah. I, I'd probably take Ben Johnson and roll the dice, but Mike Tomlin like, for like the Panthers would make a ton of sense. Like, like ever since Bruce Arians calling plays for him, I feel like it's been it's yeah. been rough. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Jordan Addison, uh, great week last week. It was wildly efficient, and we think Jordan Addison might have to be that player in the future, and definitely has to be it now. He is a talented player, so it's easier to do that versus others that need the volume. But since the Kirk Cousins injury prior to last week, where he had 111 yards and a pair of touchdowns, he was averaging just 46.2 yards per game. Over the last month, he's a wide receiver 46 in usage. He's a hell of a player. Those two touchdowns he had were not like the sticky variety. Um, great player. Love him. It's just kind of hard to make the math work when we like Ty Chandler, we like Justin Jefferson, we like TG Hawkinson. And the Vikings are still only projected for 20 points. Like, which one of these guys is failing? Somebody is. And I think Addison's volume is just the one that's probably the one that gets away from us the most. Okay. Terry McLaurin. Um, I think this is a case of if you look at his stats last week, then you're like, oh, man, should I play him this week? Then if you watch the games, you realize those were all with Jacoby Brissett because yeah. prior to Jacoby coming in, he had caught three of nine targets for 48 yards. So now he gets the New York Jets, too, and plays on the outside. And good luck to you, sir. Jets, the best defense against fantasy wide receivers. And on top of that, with Sam Howell, who basically converts his pressures into sacks at like a rate we have not seen before. Right now, the commanders don't have practices from left tackle Charles Leno and center Tyler Larson. Both of them left last week as well. Obviously, the Jets could bring the, the house as well. So it's just a really bad spot for Sam Howell. The commanders only predict for 17 points. Not good. Okay. I'm just going to throw up some names because we are going slow today. Uh, JSN, Brandon Cooks, and Josh Palmer. Three very different situations. <laughs> you have a rookie who scored a great touchdown last week. Yep. But isn't like a featured player. Then you have Brandon Cooks who scored some great touchdowns. The season, obviously a miserable last week, even though he was open for a touchdown that Dak missed. And then you have Josh Palmer, who has to be his team's number one pass catcher with Easton Sick at quarterback. I mean, completely three different type of situations here. Which one of your favorite? The clear number one on one of the worst offenses in the league, the boom bust player on a good team, but against potentially Jalen Ramsey for a bunch of snaps or JSN, the potentially emerging rookie in a good matchup but has had up and down volume. So I think I'll take JSN of the three, um, but this is kind of the, hopefully you're not starting these guys in your semifinals. There's four teams remaining. Hopefully right. we've filled out your starting lineup. Okay. Well, we'll keep going then. We have Adam Thielen. No. George Pickens and Curtis Samuel to close out your top 40 wide receivers. I guess Curtis Samuel is like pressures come in. The outside corners are really good. Maybe he gets a couple extra uh, targets. Over the middle, he's popped up for big games as well. George Pickens is like at risk for like getting benched uh, for a little bit of time after what happened last week. And then Adam Thielen, very clear, is just Jover. So, yeah. Uh, I will okay. say for Adam Thielen, Green Bay is allowing nine yards per target to slot wide receivers. Yeah, that's why I have him ranked higher here than like where he's performed recently. But Panthers still project for 16 points. Oh, yeah, that's bad. I'm, I mean, I think the Packers, that spreads only five. I yeah. think they win by more than five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I yeah. think they wouldn't buy more. Like, anyways, we don't. I mean, the Panthers win. score eight to ten points every week and projected for sixteen we, every single we, time. We, 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 the Packers are going to win by more than five on Sunday. <laughs> okay. Um, Gabe Davis, fourth time over the past six games that Gabe Davis did not recorded a reception. That's why he's your wide receiver forty-one. Uh, he does get the Chargers, but good luck to you, right? Um, I mean. In theory, he can have 100 yards in the touchdown. Uh, oh, there are some guys on this that we're going to get to that literally that is not in the range of outcomes. Yeah. Odell not practicing. Part of that could probably be because he's a veteran. Uh, also not seeing over 60% of the snaps because they're keeping him for the playoffs. And then you have like Jerry Judy, Noah Brown, and Tyler Boyd here. Fun fact about Jerry Judy. Do you see where he was in the pick and lobby this week? 39. 37. We yeah, did it. We finally, finally we broke him. It. We finally broke him. Even though last week he <laughs> finally went higher than 40. The Pig'em Lobby watched the tape. We got the, the the projection nerds in there to watch the tape, and we moved him down. Two names I wanted to throw out there. Because um, Josh Downs has been like a player of relevancy this year. But as of late, I mean, he has 17 receptions for 158 yards over his last six games. Yeah. So I know he's a name that people start earlier, but now you just can't really do it. And then we talked about Dontavian Wicks. Um, I think Dontavian Wicks is an emerging player right now. I need to watch his tape more. I need to get, I need to get plugged in. Seems like I'm a little bit late to, to his party, but okay. uh, that's a placeholder for Wicks just because the other wide receivers are TBD. Yeah, that could be like up in there. Yeah, Brandon Cooks-ish. Here, sure, yeah, Zay Flowers, yeah, somewhere in there. Okay, um, that's going to do it for the wide receiver tiers and rankings. Thank you all for tuning in. Going to end the podcast feed there because we got four super chats while we were doing this. Ben sent this fifty minutes ago, so here's from Ben. Please set my lineup for me. Okay, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford. Which of those quarterbacks, and why is it Matthew Stafford? I'm definitely on Stafford. I'm going to the game potentially tonight. I think he's just so locked in right now. Uh, Saints defense is just not as good. And then Kyron. I would pick pick Goff after Stafford, like if you want to go, because, I mean, it's in a dome and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But Stafford is the one I want to go with there. And then Kyron, Saquon, ETN. If you only can start one of those, it's obviously Kyron. And then it's Saquon versus ETN. Which one are you going there? It's kind of the Spider-Man meme, like backup quarterbacks, low team totals. I'll probably go ETN. Don't feel good about that. You know what? Part of me wants to go Saquon in that. Like ETN now with the backup quarterback that we haven't seen anything from. Okay. His game relied mostly on receptions earlier this yeah. year, and now those receptions aren't hitting nearly as well. I think I'm going to okay. go Saquon over Travis ETN. And then I – the top three. Yeah, just not Demonte Smith. Play the top three. All right, Benny. Kevin, Puka nine spots ahead of Higgins. Love y'all. Yep. I feel good about it. The team totals are way different. Anna, PPR, Jake Ferguson or Deontay Johnson? Let's go Jake. The I know that the Pick'em Lobby have both of them in the 40s for their um, receiving yards. Who's more likely to score a touchdown? Jake. Big Ferg daddy. Let's yeah. go. Even even though Deontay Johnson is on a career pace of scoring a touchdowns heater. in a row. <laughs> a heater. We're going to go Jake Ferguson. Johnny Pina. Uh, Don Kincaid, Darren Waller, or Dallas Goddard? So we'll go to the tight ends on the next show. I have Waller and Goddard very close to each other. I think I'm going to go with Darren Waller. Was not a full-time participant, but man, wow. how are you going to beat the, the Eagles? I mean, you're not. First of all, you're not going to beat the Eagles. 
But if you were, you target them over in the middle where Darren Waller might. Interesting. Be. I'm going to go Dallas Goddard over Darren Waller. Okay. I just, I re- would rather just go to like the team that's going to score points, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and like, look, if the Bills are going to throw again, like, doesn't Don Kincaid have to get run, you know? He, 67% of, of the routes last week, it's not the best. Okay. Also, start three of DeAndre Swift, Brees Hall, Achan, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think we just sit Swift. I think you just sit Swift too. Yeah. You had Brees Hall extremely high in your rankings as like the running back eight overall this week. Jets scoring 20 points. We There's only so many guys that can do it. Two of these nuts. All right. Uh, full point PPR. This is your handle. Did you send this $2 in? Yes, I did. Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth, or Hunter Henry? Um, probably of this group, I'll go Darren Waller. Hunter Henry's been missing practice, too. Yeah, so the man has not stopped scoring touchdowns somehow in this offense. But, yeah, this is this is Waller for sure. Tomahawk Knoll. I have to start three of these. Puka Nakua, Calvin Ridley, Jordan Addison, Dontavian Wicks, Josh Downs, Josh Palmer. Okay, you are definitely starting Puka Nakua no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then I think it gets kind of interesting here. Yeah. Like, let's say Christian Watson and Jaden Reed miss – then I'm going to go Dontavian Wicks. Yes. If Jaden Reed is out there, then I want Calvin Ridley and then probably Addison. Jackson McGuckin, bench one. Cortland Sutton, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. Man. Semis this week. Hayden, I know you have Jalen Waddle after. I mean, these are three in a row in your rankings. Just to pull it back up. Um, I'm going to uh, sit. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting Cortland Sutton of this group. Okay. But it's up to you. It's up to you. Primate plays. Love you guys. Happy Christmas. Half PPR. Sam Laporta or Trey McBride? I mean, the biggest question of them all. I'm as a tight end two and tight end three. I have Trey McBride ahead. Pick and lobby for McBride up into the 60s for receiving yards for the first time in his career. Start two of Achan, Montgomery. Eckler or Brees? To be honest with you, I'm putting Eckler last of that group. Yes. Um, I am going to go A-Chan and Brees. Same with me. Flex, Puka, Mixon, or Higgins? Puka. Yes. I like Puka the best. Over Mixon. I do. I, I, I'm fearful of Mixon. Start Pitts or pick up Taysom Hill or Hunter Henry? Um, I think Hayden, and we'll get in again in the Friday video with quarterbacks and tight ends, uh, has Taysom one spot ahead of Kyle Pitts, or like they're right next to each other? One of the yeah, two. I forget where I flipped them, but they're close. Hunter Mervis, pick one. Aaron Jones, JT, Ty Chandler. Man, Ooh. these are all right next to him in my rankings as well. I had it at Aaron Jones, but I think the final practice reports will make me tinker his ranking the most. Uh, sounds like Zach Moss is not going to play. That's great news for Jonathan Taylor. And then we like Ty Chandler. I think it's got to be Aaron Jones, though, for me, the highest team total of the three. Yeah, again, Aaron Jones played like 49% of the snaps or whatever it was last week, but in that, he still got 17 touches. Yeah. The Aaron Jones, there's too many injury news to for, for, firmly answer your question, though. Full point PPR. Full point PPR. Jalen Waddle or Joe Mixon. Jalen Waddle for me. Let's go with Waddle. Yeah. Okay. That's going to do it for – oh, no, we just got two more. Oh, gosh, guys. No mas. <laughs> no more, no more. Kyle Derrick, non-PPR, two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex. So two running backs, Monty Swift. Yeah, you have to start both. Well, you have to start both of those running backs. True. Or Josh Jacobs. Oh, 
No, I don't want Josh Jacobs. Coming off injury, that it's no good. Two wide receivers. Garrett Wilson, Michael Pittman works. And then Amari's in the flex. Yeah, all that over Ridley. Yep, that works. There you go. Fat Buddha. Laporta, likely Eckler, McKinnon. So you're playing Laporta. Yep. And then two flex spots. I mean, I, you kind of have to go Eckler, I Eckler, think. Eckler, and then I like likely over Wendell I like likely. Yeah. Start Browning, Minshew, Flacco, or Mullins. Um, we're going Joe Flacco. I'm going Gardner Minshew. Also, am I starting lamb and rice? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having that for dinner. <laughs> all right. That's <laughs> going to do it <laughs> for us. Thank you all. Uh, and again, be sure to check out the quarterbacks and tight end show on Friday. Um, we'll see you all Sunday morning for a start sit show. Uh, so good luck tonight. Good luck with the Saturday games. And we'll see you on Sunday morning. Up the villa. Talk to y'all soon.